Welcome to our talk time. I am Giordino. Today is Valentine's Day. I just heard a collective ethereal hiss in the universe from all the lonely people. It was like stepping on a cat's tail, a violent growl mixed with a deep guttural scream. If you don't have game, then Valentine's Day is probably just another day on the calendar that you forget about. But for those of you who do have somebody to spend tonight with, then the pressure is on. You better show your significant other that they matter. Or you're about to be gruesomely dismembered or something like that. I don't know. I've only ever seen relationships in the nature documentaries. Specifically ones with praying mantises. You know, like a nice first date, then a super violent end. If you don't know what happens in a praying mantis relationship, then you might be a little confused. I'm not going to tell you. You just Google it. Anyways, for all of us lonely people, what we get today is much better than some stupid relationship with feelings or somebody to love. We get chocolate at a discount. So if we measure those two things, then I think we get the better end of the deal. Because last time I checked, humans kill other humans and chocolate ain't never hurt anybody unless you're diabetic or a dog or a child at a cacao farm. Or just a regular guy at a cacao farm. Anyways, other than that, chocolate is harmless and super safe to eat in moderation. And usually they stuff it with a bunch of additives like sugar and milk to make it taste better than probably preservatives too. Man, big corporations really control this holiday. With all the flowers and expensive gifts we're supposed to give, the illusion that was pumped into our minds through the commercials of the past. Okay, before I get too depressed, not from having, not from not having a date, but from the realization that this is just a corporate holiday, let's move on, shall we? So what shall we talk about regarding to Valentine's Day? Well, let's uh, focus on that chocolate controversy, okay? Have you ever seen the documentaries of those chocolate farms or whatever they're called? They're basically plantations in, like, South America. It's absolutely disastrous. Have you ever seen them? It's, like, it's literally just slavery. That's all, that's all it is. I'm looking at you. Um, what's a big uh, chocolate? Nestle. Nestle, the biggest villain not of them all. There's bigger villains than Nestle, but Nestle's up there. Who's the bigger villain? Probably Hitler. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I laughed. Uh, yeah, Hitler is definitely worse than Nestle, but Nestle's still bad. Still really, really bad. That was a terrible um, comparison. I'm sorry for the people who um, eat chocolate. That's me. I eat chocolate. Okay, so I eat chocolate. I try to get it locally sourced, but it's it's locally sourced. Like, there's no chocolate in Vancouver, where I'm here from. There's no chocolate farms. So, obviously, we're still shipping it from South America. And, obviously, it's coming from a farm. I'm just hoping that those farms are sustainable to the workers and to the environment. Because if it's not, then my whole going to school for the environment is not working. And I'm being uh, not cool. I'm being a not cool guy. But I like chocolate. What's your opinion on chocolate? Do you like chocolate? 
I know there's a lot of people who don't like chocolate. Who are they? Who are you? Are you listening right now? Do you like chocolate? Because I do. I like chocolate. But do you? Do you like chocolate? Speak your mind now. Or forever hold your non-chocolatey mouth. And hand it over, unless it's Nestle. Then, well, it's already made. It's already a product. I guess just boycott them? I don't know. Stop buying Nestle. Stop it. No, put it back. No, put it back. I see you. I see. Put it. Nope. I see you holding the chocolate. Put it back. No, no. Cho- that chocolate's not good. Get that chocolate right there. That nondescript company right beside it. Yeah, get that one. That one's good. Oh, that one's also bad? Man, whatever. Let's move on. So, let's let's talk about another thing with this Valentine's Day and the expectations of it. Buying expensive gifts. And who is marking up these expensive gifts? Corporations! This is a corporate holiday for the corporate's to to so that they can have a little greedness. What is it? Is there a color for greed? Like, is greed a color? Is orange? Orange is pretty greedy. Is it? I mean, nothing rhymes with orange. It's either lonely or greedy. But it, but usually, if you get too greedy, then you're probably gonna get lonely. So you know, good comparison. What am I talking about? <laughs> Where is I going? Oh, yeah. Corporate greed during this holiday. It's astounding how much people like. There's an expectation to buy lots, buy big. I'm not that kind of person. I don't buy big things for people. Okay, that's a lie. Sometimes I do, but I make sure it's like. I make sure it's meaningful. I don't buy just because it's, it's expensive, I buy it because it's meaningful. Like one time I bought a uh, beautiful uh, stopwatch. How much was it? Uh, 60 bucks, I believe. And then an extra two to get it engraved. And it's just a beautiful timepiece. And I felt that it was very, very well-meaning and a very beautiful gift. It wasn't expensive. It It wasn't as expensive as other watches. Let's be honest. Sometimes these watches go for like thousands of dollars. Stopwatch for 70 bucks. That's, uh, I don't know. I don't know the stopwatch market. <laughs> I don't know if that's high or low. I don't know how the, how much the average stopwatch is. Uh, whatever. Did I say 70 or 60? I forget. Whatever. Corporate grade is destroying this holiday. Just be, do it for the love. Do it for the love. Go, go out to the park. Go have a tuna salad in the park. Just a bowl of, or, no, no, or chicken salad. Chicken salad's good. Go go to the park. Go to any park. Left or right. See that? There's a park right there. Go go there now. Whip out some chicken salad. And just go at it. Go ham. Or even just go to the go for a walk at the beach. I know cliche. Uh go to, go for a hike. Go uh I don't know what else can you do for free? You can you can attack locals. You could get like a a big stick go to like uh the rich part of your neighborhood put on a balaclava and just go ham on them they're old 
Go for the knees. This is, I'm not telling you to hit people. This is a joke, by the way. I'm not advocating for the death slash injuring of people. This is all a joke. I'm totally not telling the truth. I'm totally telling you to not go. So listen to me. Listen to me real quick. Don't go and attack rich people. Don't go attack rich people. Don't hit them with a stick right now in their legs. Okay? That's what I'm saying. That's put it on the record, put it in the transcript. I, I'm I'm just saying it's facts. That's all I'm saying. Just <laughs> whatever. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the next part of this is my ideal first date. Now, I haven't been on many first dates. I'm just going to throw that out there. What is my ideal first date? I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I haven't been on a bunch. Okay, so what, I, what do I want to do? What do I like? So, I like nature. I like going out in nature and just being. I just like to sit there and just absorb energy. <laughs> like a sunflower. Speaking of sunflowers, I got this great little, uh, this great necklace from a good friend. A very, a very, a very good friend. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. They got it for my birthday, and it's. I love sunflowers. It's my favorite sunflower. Thank you again. Thank you a million. Okay, where was I? Oh yeah, my ideal first date. Um, maybe an arcade. I like arcades. I don't drink though, and a lot of the like adult-oriented ones serve alcohol. I don't drink, so I don't really care about that. Um, or maybe just a good diner meal, like go out for to a diner, get a a nice cheap sloppy burger, nice a nice poutine. That's a whole different bag. Poutine. I could make an episode of Putin all by itself. A big rant on Putin. And I, I will tell you everything that I believe. That I, that I believe, okay? I, I will tell you everything that I believe about Putin, but not now, not now. I don't have the time, nor the, nor the, nor the patience. Because <laughs> I'm talking about what my ideal first day was. So I can only pick one uh, thing. What would I do for my first date? If it was my choice, by the way, if it was my choice, a cheap one for sure. Something that if it doesn't go completely good, then you could just split off early. Because imagine that. Imagine you're like on the first date on like a horseback ride and it's an hour long. <laughs> and there's just no chemistry between you two. And so you go out and you you're just stuck with this one other person and probably an instructor for an hour. That would be terrible. That would just be terrible. So something you can escape. I think that's I think that's a good one. Yes. Something you can escape. What's else? I don't know. I don't know what else there could be. Something you can escape. 
Not an escape room because you have like none, not like you're actively trying to escape. Uh, yeah, something short and e- something. If we, uh, oh my goodness, what is happening with my voice? If you want to eat, if if you want to eat, then go to a diner or maybe even the ice cream stand, and just because you know it's not a long time, you could eat very fast and just go. That is all. I don't know what that was supposed to be. That was just me embracing my inner European, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. So something you can escape. If it's eating, then a diner. That'll be, but if it's like just something cheap and last minute, or even just like, you know, somewhere close to the city with lots of green space. And it's an easy escape. Bring some water. Bring some whatever. Because you don't know if there's going to be any stores near. Kind of, You don't want to, like, become unprepared. And I don't mean, like, you know, <laughs> for the end of the night. <laughs> okay, moving, moving. I'm not even going to touch that, okay? I'm not going to touch that with however long a pole the Grinch had. What did he have? 39 and a half foot pole? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, the next segment is interesting. I wanted this one to be fast simply because the next egg eggment, the next segment is going to take a while. Oh dear. Okay, well <clears throat> might as well just start it now. Well now what can be more romantic than reading the most beautiful love stories the internet has to offer? fan fictions so take a seat and listen to this tale this is a fan fiction titled night shift written by jeanette underscore lys on wattpad it is a five nights at freddy's fan fiction and (laughs) it's a michael afton x reader so you know it's wattpad so you know it's gonna be good Okay, ready? <clears throat> Hi, uh, future Jordan here. So, yeah, this story is a lot more sexual than I originally thought. Past Jordan doesn't know that, so, um, disclaimer this story contains uh, descriptions of. Have a heavy sexual intercourse. I don't know. Whatever suits heavy to you, but whatever. If you don't like that, then skip to the end. I don't know what to say. Oops. That's on me, guys. Sorry. I, I, I didn't read it beforehand, so here I am now. I'm putting a disclaimer. Okay. Uh, back to the original scheduled uh, program, I guess. Night Shift. It was quiet in the restaurants. All the customers had left and it was only you and Michael. You were just at your tie and sighed looking over to him. So, you began but were quickly cut off. If you want to chit chat, I'm not for that. Michael said uninterested. He leaned over to the counter and looked away trying not to make eye contact. You clicked your tongue in a slight annoyance. Um, 
All right, you say, trying to brush it off. Michael looked back at you, his eyes brooding and his shoulders tense. You smile gingerly. Why don't we get back to work? <laughs> you laugh awkwardly. Michael looked you up and down. Sure. You nodded and started to patrol around the restaurant. This was quite a boring job, and you merely had to check the rooms to see if any of the animatronics acted strangely. Michael kept watch from the security room, checking the cameras and talking to you through the walkie-talkie if he saw anything on the cameras. After some time, you mutter under your breath. Jeez. This job sucks. Barely getting paid. And I have to deal with this emo guy too. Who's the boss's son? I can hear you, you know. Michael said slowly through the intercom. You look up at the security camera and wave. Oh, ha, ha, I, I was only joking, Michael. You say, trying to brush it off, putting on a fake smile. Dang it. Oh, he's definitely going to tell his father about this, you think to yourself. Michael didn't speak for a moment, but you could tell he was watching you through the cameras. He started to stutter. Come to the security room. All right, you say. This will definitely not end well. You make your way to where Michael is and knock on the door. Come in, you hear him say. You open the door and there he is, sitting, looking down at the floor. Hey, um, sorry about that. <laughs> you try to laugh it off again. Michael looked up at you. He had a sad expression on his face, as if he was frowning. It caught you off guard. It's fine, really. He mumbled. This idiot. <laughs> I'm... Yeah, I'm sorry about that, truly. You want to swap places now? You say, trying to change the subject. You take a few paces forward, trying to signal him to get out of the chair. I know I can come off as cold. He continues to speak, still looking up at you. Michael got up from the chair. You didn't realize how big he was until now. At least a head taller than you and his frame much bigger than yours. You start to feel nervous from his presence. It's all good. It's fine. Michael took a few more steps closer to you. He was only a few inches away from you at this point. You had to tilt your head to look up at him. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. He smiled softly. It was a warm and nervous smile of a boy who didn't seem to grin often. You paused for a moment, looking into his eyes. Michael patted you on the head as he left the room. Whoa, why was he acting like such a puppy dog, you think to yourself. You shake your head in annoyance. I can't believe he patted my head. You mumble, taking a seat and scanning the cameras. You can see Michael walking along the halls. He seems just as flustered as you are. He was shaking his head and covering his face with his hands. You pause for a moment, looking at him. Maybe he isn't such a bad guy, you think to yourself. A few days had passed since the interesting encounter between you and Michael. You sigh, 
leaning against the chair as you watch Michael close and lock the doors to the restaurant. You want me to patrol this time? You ask. I will. It's fine. He says calmly, looking back at you. You nod, surprised. As hours passed, you had fallen asleep in the security room. You were leaned in the back of the chair, with your arms crossed and chest rising and falling slowly as you dream. The door creaks and Michael enters the room. He places the flashlight on the desk and looks over to you. The room is dark and only the brightness from the monitors fill the room. You let out a small snore. Michael smiles softly. Pause. Um, this is... That's a bit weird. Creepy. Okay, unpause. Realizing what he's doing, he stops and shakes his head. He looks at you for a few brief moments, not sure how to wake you. He turned the chair around so you are facing him and you're back to the monitors. Michael brushes the hair out of your face and taps you on the cheek lightly. Hey, he mumbles. You continue to sleep. Your head falls forward. Michael grumbles some now and bends down, looking up at you. He claps his hands together and says, Wakey, wakey. Nothing. You remain asleep. Michael places his hands on the armrest of your chair and leans closer. He is still squatting on the floor. He stares at your sleeping face and says, So dopey. Your eyes shot open and you slap Michael across the face. He loses his balance and lands on the floor, his legs sprawled out. You cover your mouth. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, it's a, it's a reflex. You say, trying to apologize. You get up from your seat, but trip, falling. Michael quickly catches you by the shoulders. You are on top of him now, legs intertwined. He has a firm grasp on your shoulders and your hands on his chest. You can feel the muscle through the fabric as well as the rest of his body as you are pressed close to him. He looks at you in shock. You look at back at him, equally in shock. You stutter, trying to speak. No words come from your mouth because you are too startled. Michael lets out a small gasp. He shifts uncontrollably. Still a hold of you, you squeeze the fabric of his shirt as you lift yourself up. You are sitting on the floor and Michael Afton in front of you in disarray. Sorry, I was just trying to wake you. I, I didn't think you'd slap me, he says, his voice tired and gravelly with a hint of unease. You flush from embarrassment. I'm so sorry. I didn't expect you to be so close, you say genuinely. You look down but quickly avert your eyes. Michael follows your gaze and turns as red as a tomato. Even in the dark room, you can tell he was ashamed. He squirms awkwardly, trying to hide it. You look anywhere but at Michael. He lets out a small pant. His ears are red and his legs pressed together. Slowly, you look back at him. Hey, you start. Michael looks up at you, slightly humiliated. Listen, this type of stuff happens easily, he says, cutting you off, trying to not make things even more uncomfortable. I know. It's all right. Michael looks up at you. He nods quickly. Can I just have a few moments to calm down? It usually goes away, he says, almost pleading. You quickly nod and gather yourself. You grab the flashlight off the desk and make your way to the door. You look back at Michael. He's off the floor now, but from the small light in the room, you can tell he's still deeply embarrassed. The back of his neck and ears are completely pink. If you need me, don't be embarrassed to tell me. You say out loud, with kindness. But then you realize that you mean it. 
We wait at the door before he says, Okay. Thank you. You smile softly, feeling for him, and exit. Michael groans as he falls into the seat. He grits his teeth and tries to calm down. His heart was racing. All of his blood was racing towards the place he desperately doesn't want. He covers his face and sees you on the screen for him, through his fingers. He removes his hand from his face as he watches you walk down the corridors. He lets out a small sigh, placing his hands on his chest, where your hands were. He frowns and lets out a shaky breath. This is embarrassing. He bites his lip, his cheeks still pink. You go into the bathroom and splash some water in your face to calm down. You couldn't believe what just happened. The brooding, quiet, and mean Michael had just been in your arms and had gotten excited. You let out a small groan, trying not to remember the... Oh, pause. Okay. Wow. <laughs> um... Yeah. Uh... I didn't... Okay, so next word is going to be very, um, sexual. I didn't think it was going to be like this story. I it didn't say that anywhere, okay? I wasn't ready for... Oh! <laughs> no! No, I realized what he was saying the last time, the last paragraph. Oh, the blood going to where he doesn't want it to be. Oh, dear. Oh, no, what am I reading? I'm too far ahead to... Oh, dear. Okay, well, okay, this is already recorded, and, uh, well, whatever, let's uh, continue, shall we? <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, I probably put a disclaimer at the beginning. I'm sorry. Oh, dear. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> you know, let's get some water before. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um. mm <laughs> <clears throat> You let out a small groan, trying not to remember the bulge you've seen in his pants. You slap your hand to your cheeks, trying not to get your mind out. Sorry, this is getting me weird. You slap your hands to your cheek, lightly, trying to get your mind elsewhere. You hear a creak. You look over your shoulder and see Michael opening the bathroom door. Oh, uh, sorry, he says, startled. His, he darts his eyes away. You look at him. Suddenly realizing what he was in the bathroom for, you can feel your cheeks burning up. You look down to your shoes. It's a quiet and awkward meeting. Both of you are trying not to make eye contact if possible. The silence continues for a little longer until you finally say, I'll uh, let you do your business. Michael looks up. I, I thought it would go away. I just can't calm down, he mumbles. You simply nod. You take a few steps forward until you are a foot in front of him. Look, I'm sorry if I caused this, you say. I'll help you. Michael inches back in pure shock and embarrassment. What? He croaks out, his eyes wide. You scratch the back of your neck and say... It's my fault, isn't it? It'll help you feel better. What you were saying starts to sink in and you sweat nervously, realizing that you might be coming off as a huge pervert. You laugh breathlessly and say, Only, only if you need me to. <laughs> um, you cough, looking away. 
Michael steps closer to you. He's right in front of you. And he pants softly. You can feel the warmth from his breath. You look at him, stare into his eyes. His eyes are almost begging, but he's too scared to accept the offer. Your hands drift to his chest, the place you have put it when you had fallen on top of him. He lets out a small gasp, then quickly hushes himself. You look back into his face and back down. The bulge in his pants had significantly grown. Michael, if you need me, you can just tell me, you say softly. Michael's shoulders tensed and he rolls his head back, looking to the ceiling and hisses through his teeth, almost as if he's sighing in frustration. Okay, he says finally. He looks at you unsure. He frowns some and looks down so his brown hair covers his face. You resist the urge to giggle at how shy he's being. You can't blame him, though. You'd just be as mortified as if the roles were reversed. We take his hand and guide him over to the counter. You turn him around so his back is facing the mirror. You can barely see your reflection over his shoulders. Is this all right? The stalls might be a bit too small. Yeah, yeah, it's... I'll just clean up later, Michael says. You give him a small smile, almost out of pity. Let me know if you need to stop or anything. You don't need to do this, he mutters looking at you. You look back at him and shrug. It's fine. Please, trust me. And I'll take care of you. Michael blushed hearing you. So you... <laughs> Jeez, I can't finish this. Oh, gosh. Michael blushed hearing you be so forward and gentle. You look down. His pants seem to be having a hard time trying to hide his excitement. You slide your hand down along his body. He shivers some until you reach his belt buckle. You have a little bit of difficulty undoing his belt, yet you manage. He sighs. With your other hand, you hold onto his hand, your fingers intertwining. You look up at him briefly. He seems pleased. Looking back, you hide his smile. You start to unbutton his pants. Only the fabric of his underwear is what's separating you from roughing... <laughs> oh, dear. Only the fabric of the underwear is what's separating you from seeing his bare skin. He fidgets some. You give his hand a reassuring squeeze, and he squeezes back. He lets out a shaky breath. You can feel his breath against your ear. You place your head against his shoulder. He gasps and you grasp him tighter. You pulled at his underwear. You... Okay, well, sorry, one second. I need to compose myself here before... <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you pull at his underwear. You can see his hairs along his waistline, trailing to his belly button. You brush your hands against his... Well, you know, gently. His body tenses. You continue to touch him gently, rubbing your whole hand along the area between his groin and belly button. Michael gasps as you put more pressure on the spot. I haven't even done anything yet, you say, smiling. This is my first time that anybody's touched me like this. Michael's accent has seemed to thicken from his eagerness. You nod, getting back to work. Your hand placement drifts lower until your hand is pressed flat against his... 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. It is warm. His underwear covers your fingers and part of your knuckles. You spread your fingers out some. His dick in between your middle and ring finger. You apply more pressure and start to rub down and up very slowly. Michael lets out a small groan. He's doing it right in my ear, you think. You shake your head, trying to think and only focus on him. You move more quickly now, still in rhythmic up and down movements. You grasp onto his c and keep moving. Now your thumb is pressed against his tip, putting pressure on the spot as you keep moving the skin of his penis up and down. Okay. He shudders, squeezing onto your hand for support. You continue your movements, rubbing your whole palm against his tip now, up the shaft until you cover it. Yeah. He squirms. I'm squirming. From your touch. As pre soaks his c and dribbles down into his underpants. Wow. You keep rubbing his penis, but now in quicker, more reckless movements. Michael hunches over and buries his head in between your neck and shoulder. He desperately holds his pitiful sounds. It's okay to feel it. You can moan, it's only us here, you whisper into his ear. He bites his lip, not wanting you to hear him. He lets go of your hand and braces himself on the counter. You feel your hand free along the small of his back. You press yourself closer into him and you let out a pant. You yourself are getting excited from this, even if you're rubbing him off. You continue your movements. More starts to ooze out. And his legs start to shake. He's almost there. Michael, you mumble into his ear. Does this feel good? I'm glad I don't have any friends named Michael. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> His body tenses up once again, and he finally lets out a heavy moan deep from within his throat. Please don't whisper. It feels funny. He barely manages to talk. You smile to yourself and continue to grasp his dick harder and move faster, almost as punishment for telling you what to do. He lets out a gasp. You wrap your fingers along his penis, trying to edge him closer. You press your pointer finger against his very top of his tip. His whole body shudders in pleasure. You squeeze his dick and release your finger from atop of it. Michael lets out a loud groan as thick white liquid finally pours out from his tip. The cum drips from covering your hand. Oh, <laughs> dear. Sorry. The cum drips down, covering your hand pause just, i need a moment okay i just need a i just need to calm down not like that <laughs> not like that <laughs> no i'm just i need like a moment to like you know whatever <laughs> whatever okay let's continue <laughs> you look at michael still hiding his face in shame he is panting heavily and his body is shaking. You can barely support himself. Thank you. His voice is small and weak. All along his neck and to his ears are red. You smile and give him a quick peck on the neck. 
I hope that felt good, Michael. You whisper into his ear. <laughs> That's the end. Okay, well, mm, that was a lot more uh, graphic than I thought. I didn't think it was going to be that graphic, to be honest. To, to, in my defense, I thought it would be funny, but I didn't think it was going to be that graphic. It said that there's like minor, it said minor, okay? It said minor sexual uh, references or whatever. Like it didn't say like major stuff. But, n- but now here I am reading literal porn, okay? I, wrote, I, I read porn. That's all, that's all it is. Oh, dear. <laughs> this, this is going. This is all for the public to see. This is for the public to see. People are going to hear me say, <laughs> "No, oh, can I stop this? I know how I can stop this." Thank you for joining me for this talk time. Remember, I don't like to say goodbye, so you know. Let's talk again sometime. See ya. Ha, 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 